Welcome back, everybody, to Who's Your Band. Uh, we, are, we are back. We are back in our traditional home studios. Uh, yes, last week uh, I was stuck at an airport and we were all over the place. But this, and, and really, let's, let's bring in Sean. Sean, co-host as usual. Here he is, Sean Morton. Yeah, it's been a, couple, a weird couple of weeks because we, we had a choppy week last week. And then before that was Easter and then Palm Sunday. And now it kind of feels like we are back to normal. We are back to normal. And, you know, I call this episode the who the fuck needs a guest episode because we can carry a show all by ourselves. That's right. Um, what we've been doing is we've been getting a lot of requests. And uh, this one is from uh, one of my friends and listeners, Dave Nidal. And he always wants to know, when are you guys going to be doing uh, a list show? He goes, he loves the list shows. He loves uh either agreeing or really disobeying, uh, disobeying, <laughs> disagreeing with us sometimes, but he really, but he really likes the list shows. So today, what we're going to be bringing to you guys is a list of what now in no particular order, right? But one and I consider underrated bands. So these are bands that you know, you've probably heard of, but they're not really talked about a lot in circles. Yeah. You know? and, and I think underrated is, is, a, is a weird term because like I have a couple people on my list too, that I know have sold a few million albums but they may not be household names to everybody and there's some that are gigantic names that for some reason i feel are underrated so it's a weird term okay so no way now you got me curious let's start with you all right so my first one uh huge band came out in the 90s and they have consistently put out amazing records up until last year and they never seem to have broken out to like this monster status that I think they should have is Collective Soul. Ah, you always talk about Collective Soul. I like this band a lot. I think they're a band that, you know, when I've seen them live, it's one of those bands that you see families bringing their family, their, their families to. Like the kids are going to shows. They're not like one of those bands you have to worry about them, you know, uh, dropping the F-bomb all the time. And it's good, basic rock and roll. Do you worry roll. about that? Do you worry about that? I don't give a shit about that, uh, right. personally. But, uh, you know, some people do, you know. Listen, I've, I've been to Slayer shows where I've seen six-year-old kids with with, with headphones on. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I, I know cool people, too, who do that. But I think they're just a really good, basic rock and roll band. And they flew. They had some monster hits in the mid-'90s. Monster hits. And they kind of fell off a little bit. And then, like, three years ago, they put out a, 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 an album that I absolutely loved. I thought it was a really, really good album. And then um, again, they just they keep flying right under the radar. Like this should be a band that should be playing PNC and headlining it or even doing, you know, maybe even in small arenas. And they'll middle for like the Google dolls. Yeah. Which drives me insane. It drives me nuts. Right. But I love these guys. So who was your who was your first pick? Well, my first pick pick is a band that we discussed on the show once before okay um they're not a hair band but they were a band with uh, an 80s band with a retro feel and i'm gonna go with tears for fears um, i like tears for fears a lot so do i man when you look at songs like sowing the seeds of love break it down again and then mega hits like everybody wants to rule the world shout uh head over heels i mean those are great songs 
uh, songs that everybody knows. And then when you go a little bit deeper into that catalog, things like Change and Pale Shelter, you know, they're a really cool band. They're still out there performing. And like like you said, like uh, they're a band that should be a headliner. And sometimes they are. You got to catch them on the right thing. But they're a band that I think kind of people kind of think is a goofy band, but they're not. They're, they're great songwriters. And the band they were, listen, when they played on the on the um, Seeds of Love tour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Olita Adams was the piano player, and she went on to have this great like R and B career. So oh, yeah, they always surround themselves with great talent. So I'm going to go Tears for Fears. Okay, my I went mostly rock. I went mostly rock with a few metal acts in here. I didn't really go anything. Uh, That's good because we may not cross over then. All right, so I went with Seven Dust. Oh wow. For my- for my next band. Um, again, first three album, first album was a monster came out in like 99, I think 98, 99. It was a monster hit for a debut album. Second aren't album they, was great. Aren't they managed by JJ French from yeah. uh, Twisted Sister? Yeah. Right? Yeah, they are. Uh, again, another band that consistently puts out good records, but doesn't really have a hit in the last maybe five or six years at least, but all their albums are solid, but they still maintain their fan base. And when you go to a seven dust show, they're constantly sold out. They're constantly sold out. But uh, that's the thing about metal, Sean is like metal, metal fans are loyal to that fan. That, that oh, band. Without question. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. That's a good choice. I like seven dust too. What do you got? Um, Next band I have, see, I'm, we're going a little bit opposite here. Uh, I'm going with a band that was that made it pretty big in the 90s. Okay. Um, and this is the band Live. Um, uh, they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, they had a couple of great albums uh, in 91, uh, uh, Mental Jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the two songs that really stand out on this album for me is Pain Lies on the Riverside. It was the first thing. Oper- and Operation Spirit. Yeah. Um, and you know what? In Ed's voice, you could hear like the passion, you know, you know, and that's what really drew me to this band. And then the follow up album in 94, Throwing Copper, which is this is one I think people kind of knew because this was selling drama, I Alone, um, All Over You. These were big. uh, These were big hits. And then up until the end of the decade in 99, they had an album called The Distance. uh, to hear and they had a great song on that album called the dolphins cry and i always thought like just like mm-hmm. collective soul this is a band that should be selling out pnc yeah. and then they're going to middle for somebody like uh i don't know like sonic youth or something <laughs> yeah they, they definitely fall in the same vibe as collective soul and i've seen them a bunch of times and let me tell you something they are an amazing live band too yeah they are i saw i, I saw them be middle for weezer oh really yeah, that's a good show. I would I would go see that. Yeah, I, I put my next one. Uh, they're a fairly new band and they're getting radio play. But I will tell you, their new album is going to make them not an underrated band anymore. They're called the Pretty Reckless. Oh, of course. Our producer, Adam Holtz, I think has stock in this band. This is <laughs> all he talks about. Adam, come in here for a second. Is Right, Adam? Tell Sean your fascination with Pretty Reckless. Oh yeah, yeah, they're uh, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, oh, yeah. I think they're going to become pretty big, especially especially with this new one. This new record, I've played it four times in the past probably eighteen hours. That's how good this record is, and and I'm I'm a fan of hitting track number one and playing it out to the end. And this is one of those albums that 
definitely you can do that with. Um, the thing I, 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 I like about them is they kind of went under the radar a little bit because the singer Taylor Momsen was kind of like an actress. You know, she was in The Hills, the MTV show. So when she started this band, everybody was like, oh, my God, another actor starting a band, whatever. And, you know, she's kind of moody and broody. But on this album, uh, my wife really hit the nail on the head with this. She sounds a lot like Lady Gaga on this album. And we Vocally. all know that you're a big Lady Gaga fan. I am a Gaga fan. Uh, very uh, pronunciation wise, like she she over pronunciates her words. But honestly, th there's like six singles on this record. And normally I can listen to an album and go, all right, it's a good album track. I picked out six singles on this record. And I think all six should be released. And I think if this album, if this was a normal time, this album would be blowing up right now and they'd be touring and they'd be probably going on to the next level and doing like uh, theaters at this point. That's a really interesting call. I, I, I really like them. Adam was the one that turned me on to uh, Pretty Reckless and I listened to that album. And yep. you're right. They are really, really good. And right. Every song is, is like a catchy song on that album. Yeah, definitely. And, and they're not they're not super long. And she has a, a really good voice. It's yeah, different. It's deep. You know, it's got a little soul to it. I, I love her. I absolutely love her. That's a good album. Taylor Momsen is on the new Evanescence album also. That's Adam, we didn't say you could talk again. We asked you one question. <laughs> All right, this isn't Dustin's vinyl, Adam. <laughs> right. This, this is who's your band. <laughs> but, I did have, but I did have to give Adam credit for that, man. He, yeah, absolutely. He, he did, Adam's you know, got good taste. He, he really does. Okay, so um, I'm going old school on this one. Okay, my um, next one's old school too, so that's good. Okay, so I'm going to go, okay. Um, do you know Triumph? Yeah. Okay, they are a great three-piece band led by the amazing Rick Emmett, who I've seen with Triumph. I've seen him solo. He's an insane guitar player. Um, obviously, they're Canadian, they're three-piece, so they're going to be compared to Rush. Their songs, I mean, listen to this list of songs. I mean, and tell me how they, they just like, like once you listen to them, you start going down the wormhole, just keep listening. Like songs like Lay It On The Line from the first album, Fight The Good Fight, which, you know, got some radio airplay. Uh, Follow Your Heart, which um, has just the right amount of pop in it, where it, it got uh, some radio airplay uh, too. Spellbound, another great song. Um, Somebody's Out There, where he kind of sings like a high Getty Lee. So I've always, always loved this band. I don't understand why they never got like the love that they really uh, deserved. And I just think that they're amazing. I'm going to go uh, with Triumph on, on this it's one. Not a, it's not a bad pick. And I'm my next one is also an older band. Now, you're going to probably look at me a little weird when I say this, but um, in the rock and metal world, everybody knows them as gods. But I think outside of this uh, genre, they don't get enough credit. It's Motorhead. Okay. okay. And the reason yeah. why I say well, yeah, that. I say why you defend this one. Well, here's the reason why it's. First of all, they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and this is a topic we've talked about many a time, too, and they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like Pat Number Benatar, two, right. Lemmy is an amazing songwriter who has written for not only Ozzy, but Alice Cooper, tons of other people, okay? Without Motorhead, there is no Metallica. Plain true. and simple. True, absolutely. There is no Metallica. So th they get a lot of praise in the rock metal world, but I think they're underrated in the general music world. Yeah, I, 
I, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one too. And I hate to keep, you know, I don't want this to be like a love fest type of show, but I mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think people love the name Motorhead. You'll see people wear Motorhead t-shirts, name a song besides Ace of Spades. Right. And, exactly. Uh, good, good luck. Exactly. It's like when you see the Kardashian girls wearing a Slayer shirt, yeah, like, you know, they're, they yeah. have never heard a song. Right. Yeah. Not even rain and blood. Right. Which is a great yeah. riff. Uh, what do you got next? Um, I'm staying with the old school um, vibe here. And this is a, a band where one of our past guests are, is in the band. Okay. Want to take, take a guess who this could be? Well, it's not Kiss. It's not Kiss, but you're close. Um, you got to go with Talis by Billy Sheehan? No, I'm going to go Grand Funk Railroad, which had which has with Bruce, Bruce Kulick, who's okay. in the band now. Um, but this okay. is the band that originally was started with uh, Mark Farner, uh, Mel uh, uh, Scheichler. Um, and, you know, you know the hits. Um, we're an American band, some kind of wonderful, the locomotion. My favorite song uh, by them is Bad Time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm your captain. And they're not in the, whole, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kind of, they have a ton of hits. And people just don't really kind of, again, given the type of respect that they should, but they are a really great classic uh, uh, hard rock band. Okay. I'll, so, I'll agree with that. This is going to be an agreeable show because it's not going to, well, I, I don't, I don't think, see the thing about this podcast, Jeff, is that we both love music. The other thing about it is I just can't stand you, but hmm. you have good taste in music. You know what I mean? So didn't hear my last pick yet. Okay, well, that's that's true too. <laughs> All right, so my next one, we're halfway, we're on the halfway point with the list. This is gonna be a quick podcast. We're just gonna let you know we're flying through this one today. Uh, it's a popular band, but I'm taking the popularity out of it. I'm talking about pure songwriting and everything. Is Train? Yeah, Train. I knew it. I, they have a song, uh, Fifty Ways um, to Say Goodbye. Yes, which I think is just one of the great, great pop songs in of this millennium yeah it's they're they're a great band um one thing i loved about them is i don't know if you know this or not but they actually recorded led zeppelin 2 in its entirety and released it i've heard him do covers on yeah. various shows i didn't know they did the whole album they did whole all of zeppelin 2 which came out fantastic but i think it's what one thing that that uh is hard to do is to just write a pure good pop song and I'm a suck. I'm a metal rock head. I love country. But for me, if you can write a really good pop song, it takes a lot to do that. And they've come out with some amazing songs. And I, I really think that uh, you take away the, the regular FM radio bullshit and, you know, all that stuff. They're a great band. Like musically, they're a great has, band. A, has a really enjoyable voice, too. Yeah, he really does. It's very it's very calming. It's yeah. a very calming voice, but I love them. I've always loved them. And uh, like my next pick is going to throw you a little bit because you probably never heard of him. So I want to hear you your next one. Okay. So my next pick, and this is my halfway point, is Squeeze. Um, okay. This is a band where, where I don't know why they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, this is a band that was led by Glenn Tilbrook, Chris Dilford. Um, they're... They're the principal songwriters. When, yeah, their style, when they came out, they were, remember, they were compared to Lennon McCartney, and mm-hmm. you could hear it on a lot of their earlier stuff. But they also kind of have a bluesy sound to them, like a song like Black Coffee in Bed or uh, Tempted. Um, and then they go to like their poppy side, with songs like Pulling Muscles from a Shell. Um, my favorite 
along and you get your gun. Um, and then look at look at the album, Sean, um, from starting in 79, uh, Cool for Cats, 1980, uh, Argy Bargy, uh, 1981, East Side Story. Uh, and then you go into 82, Sweets from a Stranger, uh, 85, Cassie Tan Tutti Frutti, 87, uh, Babylon and on with uh, Hourglass was, was the hit on it. I mean, they, this is a band that really dominated the decade and had hit after hit. And then, you know, no one talks about them. No one talks about them as one of the great bands. And they really are. And I think this is a band that should be considered uh, for, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm actually looking forward. I'm actually going to see them on my birthday this year. They're, really opening, for, they're opening for Hall & Oates. It's, on this tour, they shouldn't be opening for all of those. They're a headliner easily on their own. Their catalog is just as deep. Yeah, but they're not. They're they're one of those bands that fans love their stuff, but the mainstream doesn't know it. I don't get it. I don't get that at all, and that's why I put them on this list. Listen, my next one's the same way. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. His name is Butch Walker. I have not heard of Butch Walker. Okay, so Jerry, so this, this would make the list. Okay, so here's a band called Marvelous Three. Did you ever hear of them? No. Marvel, you you have heard of them. They were they were in the late 90s, early 2000s. They had a song called Freak of the Week. Um, he's a great, he was in this lead singer and guitar player of that band. And then what happened was when that band breaks up, he becomes this gigantic songwriter. And he's written uh tons well, of artists. stuff. Yeah, it's a lot for uh Pink. He writes a lot for Pink. Uh he's written for Gaga, I believe. Uh just tons of people, but his solo stuff is really, really good. And uh, he put out an album a couple of years ago called uh, Stay Gold. And my opinion, I only have seven albums on this list and it's on the list is a perfect album. Mm. Oh, wow. It's a perfect album. And I've listened, I probably listened to it a thousand times. And it's, uh, you can tell when you, li- when you listen to that album that he was definitely listening to a lot of Springsteen. Because his vibe changes a lot. He, like every album kind of shifts a little bit. And uh, this was definitely like the Springsteen uh, tribute record. But uh, he's he's an amazing songwriter. Uh, if you want to hear some great ones, uh, Summer of 89 is a great song. It's all about growing up in the 80s. You would appreciate that because you were in your 30s then. It's uh, That's a great one. Uh, Stay Gold is another one off that album. But uh, definitely check about, him out. At the Outsiders? What's that? Never mind. It was a bad, it was a bad joke. Pony, but yeah, oh, they, most of them are. Yeah. But uh, no, I definitely check him out. I, th- I think you would dig him, actually. I'll, in fact, you know what I might do, Jeffrey, at our show this week? I might burn you a, a Butch Walker Stay Gold CD. You know, that, that would be, that would be a, a very nice of you. I might um, do that. Before I go on to my list, I just want to digress for a second. Sure. Because um, you, you've mentioned Pink twice so far. Yeah. And... Uh, I've been de- going down this wormhole. I, I, I've actually started to text you and then I got sidetracked. So I never got a chance to send it out to you. But I, this this weekend, I've been um, listening to Zeppelin one and I got stuck on the second song, which is Babe, I'm going to leave you. Right. Right. Phenomenal song. I saw it going down the wormhole and looking at covers. And everyone's like, oh, you got to check out the Miley Cyrus version. Miley Cyrus. You know, OK, listen, it, it sucks. You know. Knew who did a great version of the song? Pink. Fucking Pink. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. That surprised me. And maybe you know the answer to this, because I don't. Who is a guitar player in her band? I don't know, but he's a blonde-haired guy who's fucking phenomenal. Oh, my God. Listen, to, to play Jimmy Page 
mm-hmm. you know, from like eight sixty nine. I mean, I listened to a lot of covers and I listened to a lot of different versions. He was outstanding. This guy. The yeah. other, the other one who uh, who caught my eye on it was also. Do you know Brandy Carlisle? Yes, I do. She did both. Did great, great job, jobs. It's a really difficult song to cover. Oh, absolutely. Zeppelin just like absolutely destroys nails. S- speaking of Miley, do you know that she's coming out with a cover album? Oh, she should because she does some pretty good covers. But it's all of one band. Can I guess which band? Do I know, sure. know it? It's you, 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 Mac. I knew it. Nope. Oh, good. Thank God. Nope. Metallica. Wow. Good for her. She's putting out a Metallica cover album. It's all recorded and they're putting it out by the end of the year. Anyone from uh, the band making a I guess? Haven't heard, I haven't read anything about that. You know, I'll call it Lars and see if he uh, threw some tracks on there. That, that would be interesting. Well, listen, since I did 10, 10 songs, let me do two back to back and then we'll jump to, to you. Okay. Yep. Okay. So here's my number five and number four choices. Number five, Blue Oyster Cult. You know the Blue Oyster Cult? I opened okay. for them. Did you really? Yes. Where did you open for them? Uh, somewhere in New Jersey. Okay, Bruce Springsteen in the swamps. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, Blue Oyster Cult, I put them up there with Sabbath, Judas Priest, you know, the Deep Purples of the world. Listen, they have hits like uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, Burning for mm-hmm. You, Godzilla. But, man, if you look into their catalog a little bit further, songs like Cities on Flame, Astronomy, the album, uh, the 80s album. I saw them on the Black and Blue tour with Sabbath, you know, and, uh, with Dio, first right. tour, uh, and they would alternate uh, who would headline. And the album that they, they uh, toured in support of was Cultosaurus Erectus, which is a great album which featured songs like Black Blade, The Marshall Plan. I mean, these were great, great songs. That sounds like a dick disease. Cultosaurus erectus? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's, um, it, they're, they're a great group. And, you know, listen, they have a Staten Islander now playing keyboards for them. And Ugh. everyone has in and out been in this band. Uh, I think Lewis Occult is a great band. Another band I think is extremely underrated. Extremely underrated. I think mm-hmm. they should be up there in, of the top all-time bands is in excess i think this is a band i had everything they had michael hutchins which is he was as charismatic as any Mm -hmm. lead singer in the history of rock and roll the farris brothers wrote great songs they had a string of albums from 82 to 92 you know before michael hutchins is uh gonna uh die he died a few years later after that but in 81 shabu shaba uh 84 the swing and and what i'm saying hit albums there's a and every one of these albums, um, they had Listen Like Thieves in 85, Kick in 87, which I absolutely adore, X in, um, in 90, and huge, huge hits, Original Sin. Kick is a, an amazing song with horns. Um, what You Need, Need You Tonight, Never Tear Us Apart, Suicide Blonde, New Sensation, uh, The One Thing, Mystify, and I'm leaving out songs. Yeah. I mean, how are, is this? And, and Kick, Kick is one of the probably the top five albums of, of the 80s. Right. How is this band not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I love them. I've, I've always been a fan of NXS. And they never talked about knowing everybody. No. You know, it's just like disregarded. You know, do you think maybe their legacy is was tarnished because they did a game show, a fucking stupid reaction? 
reality show where they no. audition people. You don't think so? I no, thought. I don't think so. I, I think that they were they were underrated when they were out. And I don't think that 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 tarnished anything. In fact, I think it may have even brought more attention to them. If you think about it, kind of like Queen, look at Queen, you know, people loved Queen, right? People love Queen. And then Freddie dies. And then you don't hear about Queen for about, you know, seven years until Wayne's World comes out. They do Bohemian Rhapsody. Then Queen comes back and then they go under the radar for another 20 years until, you know, that bad Paul Rogers uh, fucking debacle. You know what I mean? I did not like that. And I love uh, Paul Rogers, but you're right. I did not think he was a fit for Queen. It wasn't a fit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you bring Adam Lambert into it, who is probably the greatest pick you could ever pick for that band. Agreed. And then Agreed. the movie comes out. That. And now look, now that they're, they're still one of the biggest bands in the world 45 years later. So I don't think if, I don't think it tarnished their legacy in the least bit. Uh, I hope you're right. Cause I would like to, I would like to see them, I, I would like to see some type of incarnation of them. I didn't have a chance to see in excess. And I've yeah, always, but they're one of those, they're one band. of those bands that if you have a new lead singer, it ain't the same. He, he was the band, you know, there's a lot of bands you can replace other musicians. He was the band live, but the Ferris brothers, they wrote the songs. Sure. Sure. But again, that's, that's one of those bands. You really, you, you can't replace the singer. It's tough. Yeah. You never thought you could replace it with Queen. That's why I was just going to go with. So that's why I'm saying never. Let me tell you, that's that was a tough one. Uh, They're going to have to find another guy who's good looking with long hair that likes to jerk off while putting a belt around his neck. If they could find that, then they'll be in good shape. I don't know if Jim Florentine's doing anything, but uh, boom, boom, boom. All right, Adam's going to like my next pick. uh, Jersey Band, one of my all time favorite bands, the Gaslight Anthem. Fucking (laughs) knew it. Yeah, I love the Gaslight Anthem. Uh, he's an amazing songwriter. Uh, Bruce Springsteen has really passed the torch on to him as far as being the uh, the next big Jersey thing. You know what I mean? Uh, for me, though, we, they we just, just we just skipped over Bon Jovi. Yeah, because John, John, listen, we all know Bon Jovi's a decent band, but there's not a lot of substance to that band. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're a decent band, but well, there's, I have a feeling who's going to be on your list when we do overrated bands. Oh, you don't want to. You, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be basically everybody on your fucking playlist. Um, no, but I just I mean, I love Brian Fallon as as a songwriter. Uh, I think he's probably the best songwriter of my generation. And uh, now that they're broken up, he's going to be playing solo. He's He's got three great solo albums himself that are amazing. And uh, not for nothing, he's the first concert I'm going to see in 18 months. In about six weeks. Oh, nice. Where is that going to be? Uh, some golf course in Eatontown, New Jersey. That's ex- four nights acoustic. That's exciting. Yeah, That's so good. I'm very happy about that. But yeah, they were, I've always thought they were an amazing band. And I think that they were one album away. Mm. One album away. So why did they break up? Uh, he fucked his, he was married to his bass player's wife. No. And he cheated on her. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, kind of, kind of puts a wrench in the monkey uh, in the plans, you know. Okay. Uh, you go next. Okay, so I'm going to go next with uh, Kansas. You're going um, deep. I, yeah, I, I listen. I love Kansas. I've seen them a bunch of times. This is a band. Sometimes I think I'm the only one that absolutely like loves them. Like I, I yes, you are. Say it. You and absolutely are. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it because they're a symphonic rock band with a 
amazing songs, great violin player. They're more than just Carry On Wayward Son and Dust in the Wind. Um, their singer, Steve Walsh, easily one of the best full-time voices. Um, you got to hear the range and the power in this guy. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Songs like The Wall, um, What's On My Mind, uh, Miracles Out of Nowhere, which is just a catchy as all hell. And these are deep songs like he knew, Sparks of the Tempest. Um, and these, these songs I just mentioned are on Point of No Return and the album right before, which is just Escapes My Mind, and will carry on away with Sun. Um, and then you go a little bit further back, Songs like Song for America. And then in 82, um, Steve Walsh leaves the band for a couple albums and Kansas puts out albums like Vinyl Confessions and Drastic Measures with a singer named John Elefante, who is a great singer and is known uh, in, in the industry. And they have hits with songs like Play the Game Tonight, Fight Fire with Fire. And I saw them on these tours and they were just as good. And then I just saw them recently in an incarnation where there's only like maybe two or three original members of the band. And, you know, it sounds okay, but I mean, I've seen them with Steve Walsh. I've seen them with John Elefante. And this is an insanely talented band. And there's a great documentary called Miracles Out of Nowhere, which people should check out and just see the depth and how great this band is. And this is a band that paid its dues. I know Dust in the Wind and Carry On My Wayward Son. Listen to the rest of this oh, catalog, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, I know. There are songs that are much, much better. Carry On it was song. It was, uh, son is a great song. You know the um, the story behind um, uh, Dust in the Wind, right? Uh, they were driving and it was down a road. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't living in the Dust Bowl during the okay. Great Depression. No, I don't. No. Okay, so so um, the, the the big album hits and they need another album, and which is going to be um, Point of No Return. And they just needed like another hit. The record company uh, was looking for something. And this the principal, one of the principal songs, Steve Walsh wrote a lot of songs as well. They all contributed. But Kerry Lindgren, who is, he's the guy with the blonde hair. He's Swedish. He's got the mustache. Um, he's very recognizable if you saw him. Um, he was just doing a finger picking exercise. And his wife was like, hey, that's really good. Well, hmm. what is that? He just says, it's a, it's a finger picking exercise. I'm just warming up. She's, she's like, you could do something with that. And that's pretty interesting. And they turned that into, he played it for Steve Walsh. And he's like, stop, let me put this right now before we lose it. You know, you know kind, kind of like how, like, like how inspiration hits us when we write a shit joke. Well, they, oh, yeah. but, but he wrote Dust in the Wind that way. And that's how they wound up getting that hit song. Well, I love hearing that. You know what I mean? I love hearing that kind of thing, you know? Like when you have a when you have a last minute inspiration for a song, like Sweet Child of Mine's riff was a throwaway. It was Slash warming up, and Ash kept saying, "What is that thing that you're playing?" And that's how that song turned out. Well, there's a lot of stories like that. Yeah, um, the Eagles' "Life in a Fast Lane." Joe uh, Walsh also doing a finger exercise. Dun, 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 dun. Right. And then you know, just repeat it. And same thing. Someone overheard it and said, "Oh, you you, you got to put that on on record." Listen, you know what? Inspiration comes at the weirdest times. I, I did new jokes last night on the fly and I heard roaring applause. And you know what? I don't have no idea what the fuck I said last night. Well, I didn't write it down. It. Didn't write it down. But no, I, I love sets. hearing stories like that. I really do. Um, my next pick is a, a band I know you have not heard of, um, but they're a great pick for a couple different reasons. They're a band called the Super Suckers. I know you haven't heard of them. Number one, I want to hear, I want to hear why this is an underrated band. 
Okay. Number one, um, their singer and bass player's name is Eddie Spaghetti. One of the greatest names ever in music. Okay. He's six, 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 seven. He looks like Lemmy. He's built, built like Lemmy. One of the reasons I love this band is they are, they're a rockabilly band, but they have a lot of punk rock in them. They have a ton of straight up rock and roll. They have country in them. Uh, and they write, he writes great, great Why the songs. goofy ass name when no one's going to take it? Eddie Spaghetti. I like it. I like oh, it. Um, so my favorite song of theirs is called Pretty Fucked Up. Okay. The lyrics go, she's got a man on the side. Yeah, she's with him today. I probably won't die, but it sure feels that way. I used to be strong. I used to be tough. She used to be pretty. Now she's pretty fucked up. That's a great fucking lyric. Okay. Uh, but they're, they're one of those bands. And if you listen to that song, just that song in particular, they have four different versions of it. They have a country. Um, uh, no, different albums. They have okay. uh, the, the, the regular rock version. They have the acoustic version. They have the country version. And that's what I go back to when I say when you write a great song, you can do it in any way. And Did that's, they ever get any airplay this band? They're not. They're one of those underground. I never heard them. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they have their own cult following. You know, they have mm. a real big cult following, but they never really broke out. But they've probably put out 15 albums. And 12 of them are really, really good. So I'm, I'm going to check them out. Yeah, definitely check. I think you'll dig them. I think you'll dig them. I'll send you a link to a song after the show. If you had to say they were like somebody, the way you're describing them, are they kind of like the Stray Cats? I would say if you take the Stray Cats mixed in with Social Distortion. Uh, so a little harder, a little harder version. A little harder, yeah, with, with a lot mm. of rockability into it, too. So, uh, yeah. The whole, whole surface? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. I would say that they're, they're an anomaly. They're a really, they're a really um, hard band to put a name on, like, like to put a, a label on. I, th- right? I think those, that's a good thing, too. I do. I like that a lot. I like the fact that you can hear them acoustic, you can hear them, you know, doing straight out rock and roll, rock and build, whatever, even punk. There's a lot of punk in their music, too. But I think you like them. I think you would definitely like them. Okay. All right. So my second to last choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a band that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. But yet it took them forever to get in. And again, when people talk about the talent in this band, right now, Sean, give me your five top guitar players all time. That's so hard to say. Just, just my give favorite me five or the best. Players. My favorite five the best. right off the top of your head that you love. All right, Dimebag Daryl, Eddie Van Halen, Zach Wild, uh, John Petrucci from Dream Theater, and Slash. The band that I'm, I'm referring to is Dire Straits. Um, yeah, you like them. It, I love them. I mean, we when we did back a year ago when we talked about all time great guitar players, yep. he was on my list. Then I constantly feel like I have to bring him up. Um, he's simply the most underrated guitar player around. Um, right out of the gate in their '78 self-titled album, um, "Sultans of Swing." I, I, we've spoke about this. I've gone down the rabbit hole of this a million times. I recommend this to any of our listeners. Go on, go to YouTube, check out. Uh, Dire Straits at the Nelson Mandela concert. And it's about a 11, 12 minute version of the song, purely enjoyable. It's um, 
it's uh, Mark Knopfler and Eric Clapton trading licks on the lead in this song. Accompanied really? by, by, yeah, by one of the great sax solos I've ever heard. Um, it's so, so good. And just how effortless, how he could finger pick and how the speed and that this guy plays. He's Mark Knopfler was amazing, but also Song of the Swing was the hit, but there was another great song on that album called Down uh, to the Waterline. Uh, it's in, it's incredible. And then followed up in 79 by Communique, which had a, a great little country western type field with that, that still had blues to it. Once Upon a Time in the West, Lady Rider, another uh, catchy pick, you know, fast song with finger picking and speed. Um, uh, 81's uh, Making uh, Movies with Romeo and Juliet on it. Uh, my favorite song on the album is Expresso Love, uh, Gateway, and then of course 85's Brother in Arms, which is you know their you know their, 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 big, their biggest album with you know Money for Nothing and and you know So Far Away and you know with with all the big hits. But I mean it's not even their best album. No. And I think you know listen they just got into the Rock and Roll Fame. But when people talk about again great all time guitar players, this guy to him and Gilmore are the two guys I never think you know are at the top of people's list where they should be. I agree with you with that. Um, Mark Knopfler was the first real finger-picking guitar player I ever saw, and it, it confused the shit out of me as a kid because I didn't know them until you know, in, 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 until I saw the uh, Money for Nothing video. You know what Do I mean? Do you like that style of playing? It's very hard. Uh, it is. It's very very hard. It's, but it's, you enjoy it? it? Uh, yeah, I do. It's it's uh it's more intricate. Uh, Richie Kotzen, one of my favorite guitar players. That's the guy you always talk about. Who hopefully will get on the my list. He almost be in my list, but I didn't want to go like too fangirl on on the whole list. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's very hard, especially with electric guitar strings. You fucking hurt your hands when you're doing that too. It, if you want to hear a great finger picker, uh, listen to Roy Clark. Oh as God, well. yeah. He was. I mean, he he's always known for being that stupid guy on Hee Haw, but he's one of the greatest guitar players to ever live. He was absolutely, amazing. absolutely. All right, Sean, what are you going to bring it home I got with? two picks. Um, okay, cool. So do you, do you want to do two back-to-back, or do you want to close it out? I don't care. You want to you do know what? I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one, and I'm going to close it out. because Okay, my cool. last cool. One, you're, I, you're not going to want to close it out on mine. You're not going to want to close it out on mine, Sean. Probably not. Uh, no. This is a band that was out in the 90s, and I think they came out a few years too late. I think they put out amazing music. And they were kind of like a gimmicky song that made their first hit. And I think that it kind of pigeonholed them a little bit. Mm. I'm going Ugly Kid Joe. You know, wow, you're right. They uh, Everything about you was, 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 and then they follow up with uh, their version of Cat, uh, Cats, Cats, in the, Cats in the Cradle. And I saw them, they were the, they were the middle. It, I remember working this toy, uh, Ozzy headlined, they middled, and uh, Motorhead was the opening act. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. But why Ugly Kid Joe? Wow. Uh, great songs. Uh, first of all, Whitfield Crane is an amazing lead singer. Um, he actually sang for Life of Agony for a very short period of time after their singer left. Uh, very strange, but uh, great singer. Great, great singer, and they wrote great rock songs. If you go past, you know, everything about you and Cats in the Cradle and stuff like that, they have an album out called Menace to Sobriety, which is, I think, one of the best rock and roll albums of the last 20 years that nobody has heard of. Every single song on that record is a fucking monster. 
They had songs like Tomorrow's World, Milkman's Son. They had just killer, absolute killer riffs. They had a little bit of radio play with those songs, but they had, they're another band that never broke out. And I think they, they kind of tanked a little bit after their last their album after that one. Because I can remember one song, it, it, the lyrics were so bad. I mean, they were so bad. It's like a no filter poll joke. It was horrible. <laughs> it was like this. The lyrics were, <laughs> she was a good witch. She was a bad witch. But all I really wanted was a motherfucking sandwich. Like that was the lyrics of one of the oh, songs. Man. And I'm like, yeah, that oh, is brutal. no. How do you put oh, out a wow. monster album before this and put this out? But Ugh. I throw away that shit. And then. um, That's brutal. That's terrible. But they were, I thought they were a really underrated band. And I think that they, uh, I'd like to see them around again, actually. Honestly, the way you started that off was right. I mean, they, they, a gimmicky song and a cover, and they lost me. I had no interest in in pursuing this band anymore. And I just kind of like uh, toned them out. So listen, people who are listening to this show, you know, we're giving you some really good music to follow up on. When people say, hey, there's no good music out anymore. Yeah. Well, go check out some of these older bands that we're talking about. Um, that may be one I may want to have to go back and uh, explore a little bit. Because, I, you know, I, like I said, I didn't I shut that band out right off the bat. Once I heard the first two singles, I was like, OK, this is just like a fluff band. I have no interest in them. OK, you know, they had good so, albums. So you got one more left, huh? Yeah, and you're not going to like this one. I'm probably not. No, no, you're not. Um, this is a band that is much bigger in England than they were here. They are huge, huge influences in the career of Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. In Brandon Flowers, the lead singer of The Killers. You're going to say the uh, Pet Shop Boys, aren't you? I am going to say the Pet Shop Boys. I but like I- the Pet Shop Boys a lot. Cool. Okay. I'm happy. I was a little nervous to put this down. I almost wasn't going to put it down, but I was like, I love this band. I've always loved them. I've seen them every time they've come around. Um, Amazing collaboration with Dusty Springfield. For those of you that don't know Dusty Springfield, real quick, she was huge in the uh, 60s. Had a she was um, she was a closeted lesbian. She had to downplay her uh, sexuality. Um, uh, Son of a preacher, man. Yeah, but she should she should have been bigger than, than she was. Uh, kind of tragic, um, but man, that's the the song that they did together. Uh, what have I done to deserve this? Um, is so good, and they're more than their debut album. Again, everyone knows West End Girls for Opportunities, which is in a commercial now. But listen to another song off that album called Suburbia, which is mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh, Love Comes Quickly. And then their second album, uh, 87, actually, um, it's top to bottom. Such a such a great album. Uh, it's, uh, they have songs like Rent, It's a Sin, um, uh, uh, Heart. I mean, these are so, so good. And they kind of remind me of... Um, erasure them and erasure were like the two i like them a lot too actually yeah they were the two pop synth bands that i would go see all the time um and you know this band they, they went beyond the 80s um they ended the 80s with an album called uh introspective um which is a great pop 
uh, dance album. Uh, they had a song on it called Left to My Own Devices, Domino Dancing, which is an amazing song. And then they did a great cover on that album of um, Always On My Mind, the uh, great um, Willie Nelson song. So it's really good. And another album called Behavior, Being Boring, uh, Very, uh, Can You Forgive Her? They do a cover of Gold West. They end the 90s with an album called uh, Nightlife, which had a, a, a really big club song called uh, New York City Boy. And then in the 2000s, in 2002, they were still releasing albums. And ironically, the, the, you know, the name of their first album in the 2000s was called Release and had a great song called Home and Dry, London. Um, they also put out covers during the um, the 2000s. And two covers that really came to mind before I wrap this up were uh, they did a cover of the song Somewhere off of um, the uh, West Side Story soundtrack, um, which okay. is a really beautiful, beautiful version of that song. And then uh, they did this live and, it, you know, they put it out as a, as a live release. Uh, they they covered Coldplay's Viva La Vive, which, oh, okay. which they would blend into uh, It's a Sin. I didn't know that's that's actually really cool. I like when an older band will cover a newer song too. Shows so that they appreciate the newer stuff. All right, and my they, last they pick. Great, and he has a great this voice, is, Neil Tennant. Yeah. This is good. This is a tough one, Jeff. This is a band that, if memory serves me right, we have never mentioned on this podcast in over a year. Is Richie Kotzen in it? No, he's not in there. Okay. Uh, we have never mentioned this band. Uh, I th- I feel they are a grossly underrated band and that they got uh, a bad rap because of their gimmick. I'm going with Twisted Sister. I thought you were going to say Guar. I was going to kill you. No, um, I'm going with Twisted Sister. Yeah. Sister's great. They're a great, they're a great rock band that I think got a really shitty rap because of the way they dressed. They were so over the top with the makeup. It's more and than that, Sean. I think it's more than that. Why do you think it's more than that? I love Twisted Sister. I would, and I'm, I'm trying to get um, at least Mark the Animal Mendoza, one of the, the guys on this band. When, you know, I used to have a record store, right? That's how I put myself through school. Yeah. One of the things I did in that record store, I had AJ Puro and um, Eddie Ojeda uh, come down and they did a record signing when Stay Hungry came out. Mm-hmm. And AJ was like just like the greatest guy in the world, man. If he if he was today, he would have been on this show multiple times already. He he was so good. But here's the thing with, with Twisted Sister. They came out with their first album, um, and that had Under the Blade on it. And it was, you mm-hmm. know, and they had some real great strong songs. Then they come out with, with Stay Hungry, which is great, which okay, you're still in your your un, uh, underrated. But then that's that I think it was called with a come out and play whatever the fuck yeah. that second with leader of the pack, fucking blue. That yeah, sucked. I'm going. Over, I'm going off their first two albums. Really, <laughs> <laughs> the first two albums are great. Yeah, they're great. I am. I'm going off those two. I think that he's a great songwriter as well too. Like even you listen to his solo stuff, he's a very very good songwriter. Uh, but I think that the the years of the gimmick really took away from the uh, the the real majesty of their of his songwriting too. That's you that's like, how, that's how I'm thinking you, of it. If you were to see them today, do yeah. you want to see them in the makeup or do you want to see them without the makeup? No, I want to see. I don't want to see anybody wearing makeup anymore. Even kids. I want. 
I want no, not even I not even kiss. I want to see Slipknot take their masks off at this point because now I'm at the point when I see them, I'm like, oh my god, how are they breathing? Are they gonna die? Like it's not even part of the cool gimmick. Like the old man in me is coming out, going like he might hyperventilate. You know, now I think the gimmick is sometimes gimmicks are uh, a crutch to cover up for lack of talent. And I think if you have talent, you don't need a fucking gimmick. I kind of, I, I kind of, maybe they just wanted to do uh, stand out. I want to shout out uh, a listener, uh, Lori Cohn. Okay, from Georgia, and Lori, um, this may surprise you. When I was in Tottenville High School, I used to sneak out. I used to tell people, people, my parents, I used to tell my parents I was going to uh, play rehearsal. And I wasn't really going to play rehearsal on a Tuesday night. This sister used to play the Rock Palace every Tuesday night in Staten Island. And my friend would uh, pick me up and we would go uh, and go see uh, Twisted Sister on Tuesday night. We loved Twisted Sister. I wore the shirt and I was, you know, yeah, was, you know I've only SMF. heard that story 17 times on this fucking podcast in the last <laughs> fucking 14 months. I wanted Laurie Cohn to know that. Okay. Well, Laurie, you Laurie heard Cohn it now. Carbone, yes. Well, I think this was actually a fun show. And I can't, I'm, I'm, I, I knew we were not going to have a duplicate. I knew I was going into that. No, I knew going yeah. into this, we were not going to have one duplicate. I thought you were going to go with Blois the Cult. No, no, never. Um, you, no, you don't you like Blois the Cult, huh? eh, Not really. Um, the thing about us is that as much as we are very different, uh, the thing that is very similar about us is that we are very eclectic with our tastes. You, you tend to go a little more uh, like, uh, like you were saying with Pet Shop Boys and Erasure, like that synth pop kind of stuff, even though you're more of a hard rock guy to you, you tend to go to that side where I go more of the countryside from my hard rock and metal side. You know where that comes from, Sean? Back in the day, listen, you, you couldn't go to heavy metal clubs all the time and meet girls. So we would go out to Long Island and there would be like these these clubs and they, they weren't playing disco. They would be playing like this new wave dance. They play Susie and the Banshees, Erasure, this stuff. And mm-hmm. I used to listen to stuff and at least I was able to dance to it and meet girls. So that that made that was my appreciation of the of this type oh, of music. I, I can just I can just picture you wearing a fucking white guinea tea with like gold chains hanging out with your acid wash jean jacket hold on with your acid wash jean jacket doing one stupid dance move wearing oh, my P- Paulie D wearing Pierre Cardin cologne. Uh, not even close. Dude think more of a flock of seagulls type of haircut. Oh okay, this no. is this is after my in my high school years. High school years it was Bon Jovi long hair down down to here. Then I had the side short cut short with the with the front you know hang down there and it was and it was all like that almost like emo type of of something oh, like the Smiths God. and the cure and it was and it was all all that I was totally into that scene for the longest time. Oh you're so lucky you're 30 years older than me. I was almost Ugh. goth. You're so lucky yeah, you, you're 30 years older than me and I didn't go to high school. I'm not you. 30 years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrap this up. I want to go play with my dog. You need that. You take one more picture of that dog. I swear I to God. Know. All right, Savage. listen. 
um, and you got to get this episode up on time this week because uh, we want, listen, people listen to the show, subscribe to the show, but also this again, this Friday night, April 23rd, you can catch me, Sean Morton, and two former guests, Craig Lloygren and uh, Sharon Simon. We mm-hmm. will all be appearing at the Waterside in Staten Island on Ellis Avenue. Um, you could call the, the the venue for reservations. You could hit up uh, me, me or Sean uh, to make a reservation for you. We are pretty close to a sellout, but we'd love to, to see you guys come down and, and support the show. Just Is have it a great indoor night show out. or outdoor show? It's an indoor outdoor show. It's an indoor venue, but they have like, you know, the sides are open. So, oh, so it's, it's going to be outside. Okay. It's going to be really inside. Okay. Well, I need to know even that. If it, even if it some, rains. We have, I still have some COVID, no some COVID f- fanatics who won't go anywhere with the, with four walls around them. So no, I need no, to. One, one wall will, will be open unless it rains and, they have, and they'll close the wall. I went, th- I went down there today to check it out. And it's, it's really cool. It's, nice. it's, a, it's a unique, uh, cool space. And I think you guys will have a good time. So catch us. Yes. Come down, watch Jeff Paul open for me. It's going to be a great show. Uh, Craig will be in the middle. That way, you know, people will forget the stink of Jeff's jokes. Oh, you don't know the lineup, do you? I don't care what the lineup is. It doesn't matter. If I go last, they get the best last. If I go first, uh, can't follow that motherfucker. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, listen, please catch it. Either way, it's it's going to be a great. We're going to have a great time. Okay. Uh, we'd love to see you. And um, we'll see you next week. We have a guest booked already for next week. So you're going to love that. Yes. And- we'll anou- I'm going to announce it. You know why? Again, a band that I should have put on my goddamn list, but I didn't think you would know it. We're going to have Jason Bittner, who's the former drummer for Shadows Fall. Shadows Fall was one of the new wave of American heavy metal bands uh, during the late 90s, early 2000s. That was a monstrous band. And now he's the drummer for Overkill, which is, again, one of the six biggest thrash bands of all time. If you go past the big four, I think you put Overkill and Testament right in that vein, too. So now he's drumming for them. So uh, big show. Big show. Next, should be a lot of fun. Next week's going to be a big Sean uh, Morton show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to tell him how I fell asleep at an Overkill concert while they were filming their DVD because I had such I terrific sleep apnea. I love when we have a guest on. And you, you tell your little stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a good one for that. I'm saving it. All right, All right guys. All right, guys. Sean, I'll see you on Friday. You got Adam, it, I'll, I'll talk to you during the week. And uh, everybody, hopefully we'll see you Friday night. Take care, everyone. Bye.